My name is Elizabeth Lewis, and I'm the owner and CEO of Detroit Mom. As a teen mom, I know firsthand the feeling of isolation and the fears that come at different stages of motherhood. I spent half the time wondering where to find community and the other half dreaming of a way to create that community for myself and the women around me. No mother should experience change and challenges alone. I created this community and podcast to make sure women in my community are never alone. Welcome to the Unfiltered Mom Podcast. The intention of this podcast is to make sure you have a voice and your story is being heard. Hi guys. Happy. We're coming at you from some people in offices, some people in our homes with a lot of stuff happening in the background. But today we are going to talk about, I don't know why I said that so exciting because it's not an exciting topic, but microaggressions. And I know we've talked about this, oh my gosh, this has probably been a very long time ago um, in another like season that we've done microaggressions. I actually think it was at the heightened state of everything with like George Floyd, Safana and Tiff and I had done something um, more along the lines of a lot of people speaking from white women, um, speaking as a white woman, uh, a lot of them or us don't know some of the things that we say are microaggressions. Does that make sense? Where yeah. we've heard it growing up or through generations and my nose looks so red. <laughs> it's so <laughs> like, it's very itchy, but that's kind of, that's what we want to talk about today is uh, really kind of diving into the topic of microaggressions and how they affect people of color, honestly, the majority. And sometimes I don't even realize it, you guys, I know I'm really cautious with my words, but if nobody's ever corrected you or said anything to you, you probably think it's normal. Don't you think? Absolutely. I think that's I would kind of, wager. Yeah. Especially people who've grown up. I know I t I've talked to a lot of, of people, especially probably a year ago, because are we coming up on a year George Floyd, or is that two yeah. years? Two years. The trial is this week, but two okay, years. So two years. Wow, the trial is just now one year since the trial of the guilty verdict. Okay, okay. I was like, I thought we already we already did that. Okay, so a year since the guilty verdict, but two years since it happened. Isn't that so crazy? How COVID kind of makes time seem so non-existent. I feel like it went really fast, right? Yeah. Oh, I'm like, when did that happen? It, it seems so recent, but it's not. So, all right, Erica, I'm going to let you kind of jump in with what microaggressions are you can kind of get the, the conversation and since I know a lot of <laughs> on it. <laughs> no, you I was just a little guy. I was just thinking that even like as we were prepping this conversation, I don't know that any of us actually pulled up the definition of microaggression. So I pulled it up real quick. Cause again, I, like we, I was reminded last time, like we use these terms and don't always define them for people. Yeah. So I liked this definition that I found um, it's from Wikipedia, but it says microaggression is a term used for commonplace daily verbal behavioral or environmental slights whether intentional or unintentional, 
that communicate hostile, derogatory, or negative attitudes toward stigmatized or culturally marginalized groups. And I think some important stuff there is the behavioral or environmental. Like some folks, a lot of us are like, we might be super familiar with verbal microaggressions, but what things are like nonverbals that people are communicating or environmental that like businesses, places, entities are communicating, intentional or not. But I also think it's important to, it's not just about color, it can be towards women, it can be towards members of the LGBTQ plus community, it could be ableist. So there's so many different ways that people microaggress and ways that that can be felt by all sorts of marginalized groups. Hold on, a four and a half year old needs me. Mm -hmm. Or I think even like a community of people that like maybe something that they're going through is being looked at as stigmatized, like she was saying, like someone who's addicted to alcohol or substance uh, use, like things being said to those individuals that can be microaggressive as well, or, well, she already said women, but. <laughs> can I just give a, can I kind of say mm -hmm. this? Um, I, I'm curious about this. So I was listening to the radio this morning and he was talking about women who are when you just said this is what made me think about it, women who are overweight and how people make little slighted comments like, oh, you know, like I remember growing up, my mom would even say, Elizabeth, did you, you know, like she would like congratulate me when I lost, lost weight, but like how as for in society, are there microaggressions even towards women who aren't like the standard typical like stick figure I know this is like, but as you were talking even about, you know, just using your example, I was like, I wonder if that even would be kind of give people context of what that looks like to, to somebody, you know, that is overweight. I don't know, just kind of uh, maybe something silly I was thinking about. I feel like, again, I'm trying, okay, I'm not going to beat around it. Like, I feel like anyone that's not a straight white male has probably felt a microaggression based on some aspect of their identity just because like if you're not those things then you're some part of marginalized right if you're not like a straight white cis male and I know that I became familiar with microaggressions like racially I never really thought about like microaggressions against me as a woman and I still seldom do because I experience it so frequently because of my race I never really thought about like, honestly, I never thought of so much about ableism until I became a mom, not because I became disabled, but I feel like once you're pushing a stroller around the world, you become so much more cognizant of what folks with limited mobility deal with, at least I did. So yeah, I primarily think of racial microaggressions, but there's so much more. And I think it's important to not discount ways that other people might be experiencing them, even if it's not based on the color of their skin. And I know that we were talking about some different examples of microaggressions to kind of paint the picture. Maybe would it be helpful to kind of run through those? Yeah, I was, I was even thinking of like how we can give context, you know, because something I've really been thinking about a lot lately is if you don't experience it, it's something you just literally, or just like wash your hands of. You're like, I don't deal with it. So it's not that big of a deal. Right. But I also don't think 
I'm again, speaking as a white woman, take into context what it's like, even microaggressions as a female that we experience. So I was like, how can we even give context to white women in this, this situation where they can look and say, oh, that's happened to me. That's a microaggression or like comments about people's weight. I, I hear them all the time. Like, or, you know, the mom community in general, how judgy the mom community is like, just are there microaggressions that white women can see in themselves, like that have happened to him, them, that then they can in return relate and be like, oh, I didn't realize that was what a microaggression was. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's why, yes, a list is great. But I, I just wanted to throw that out there because I do realize that when it's not something that you're dealing with on a daily basis, you probably like literally just are like, eh, doesn't affect me. So what is it that whole mentality? Like, oh, me, the me mentality, instead of like us as a whole, us as a community of people, you know, like it all goes back to my, I would love to live in a village because I would prefer it not be this, like, this is your family. This is you that you're only concerned about. Like, how can we be concerned about people as a whole? So it's just random thought, but wanted to share that. So I thought this might be not fun, but illuminating if we run down this list of some examples, obviously not inclusive by any means, not all inclusive list of microaggressions and between the four of us, like raise your hand if that's been said to you or, cause I think it might be interesting, like what Crystal's experience that I haven't, what I've experienced that Elizabeth hasn't. Kenesha, do you want to start with your list and then? Yeah. Okay, so mine were not racially heavy, I should say. They were more of different, from different perspectives. So, okay, so microaggression can look like not pronouncing or spelling an individual's name correctly. So has that ever happened to you? Okay, so thinking about that in the context, like I really, really hate, 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 hate. <laughs> like when people will send an email and my name is clearly like right there, spelled right here, spelled right here. And then they'll respond and they're like something. I know spell check usually spell checks my name to Kenosha like often, but Yes, like spelling it incorrectly or purposely trying to say it or not just just straight out asking, you know, what would you like to be called or something like that. Like I usually say when I can't, like I'm a trainer, so I deal with a lot of different individuals and some names I have no idea how to say. So what I say is, can you tell me what you would like to be called or using a another term, but not just blatantly ignoring someone's name because you can't say it or you don't want to try to pronounce it or you just slaughter it on purpose. Like, what do you all have to weigh in on that? Well, I feel like, so Pete, no one spells my name. Like I have what I consider the classic spelling, E-R-I-C-A. And mm -hmm. I feel like everyone in the world wants to throw a K in there, a Y, an H. And I feel like they're trying to like ethnicize it almost when they see me. When like, nope, I, mine's spelled like the Anglo way. Just, just, you don't have to add anything special to it. And like, I don't know if that's where they're coming from with it, but it's odd to me that no one can, like mine is the traditional spelling and no one assumes that that's what it is. I, I, I have the same problem like Kanisha does where people it's it's in my email signature mm. right there and they still reply back hey crystal sometimes it is still with a k at least 
but A-L. And my spelling is an, it's like an 80s, very 80s spelling from Crystal Carrington from Dynasty, because my mom really liked Sephora's. <laughs> and the other one, people I've met that spell it the same way tend to be around the same age. So I'm like, this is totally an 80s spelling. It's funny. But it's that same thing where you're like, it's right here. Just, <laughs> can you, you know, it, I usually because, it, you know, I'm like, I know that it's that it's kind of a special spelling. I don't care too much. But I do after a while, if I like know someone and they still, that I know pretty well, and they still spell it wrong. And I'm like, I've known you for five years. Why are you spelling it like this? It can be taken a little bit further in this conversation, thinking about too, that there's so much conversation that I know that we have in the BIPOC community, which we've talked about what BIPOC means before you can think, listen back to some of our other conversations, but having conversations around even just a name that's not considered a white name. When I apply for a job and when Elizabeth, you apply for a job, our, our applications might be looked at a little bit different depending on who's screening that process because my name's Kanisha and your name's Elizabeth. I just shared in the comments, one of my favorite books, it's called Teach Us Your Name. And I just love that. And it's a children's book that can be also helpful for adults. So, you know, I love to share a resource. I, I kind of want to give another example too, is yeah. we have someone on our Detroit mom community team and she, I still cannot pronounce her name, even though she's told me, <laughs> told me her name so many times. For some reason, I cannot get it to roll off my tongue appropriately. And it's like, really embarrassing. So when you were talking about addressing them, sometimes I'll figure out ways to avoid not saying your name because I don't want to slaughter it. Like I don't want to like say it wrong or use it incorrectly. I don't know. I just, I need to like have her send it to me and then I can like replay it in my head multiple times. And I think too, so like in the example that I just put in the comments, it's a video, there's a video of the book reading. But in that book, they have the, it's a girl in school and they have her teeth like break down, like teach us your name step by step. And that ends up being helpful for the whole community. And I think a lot of folks would rather do that if you ask, than have you like avoid it or nickname them. It's okay to ask like, hey, teach me, like help me understand how to do this. Because I'm sure they'd rather do that than have their name butchered. There's a video that might, there's, it's, it's on Disney Junior, and it's all these videos that Questlove and Black Thought. Have you seen those? Oh, I yes. love that. that there's the one with too. the name, Sama, and it gets yeah. in my head, but I love it. And mm -hmm. I, we were talking about the fact um, there's the one girl, Roger Niqua, and she was like, my parents wanted to, you know, they like love my dad and they love my aunt. They just wanted to make a unique name. And I'm like, that's cool. Like that's something cool to learn about, you know, yeah. or even, you know, and so it was just funny because then it brought up the fact that we, we were thinking about doing that with our second girl and ended up not because <clears throat> part of it was because my sister's name is Rachel. My sister-in-law is Michelle. So we're like, okay, Rochelle. But then we were trying to think of like, I don't know, we wanted something either old that people haven't used before but then we were also looking at Filipino names and then I didn't like some of them just because I was like I don't know that's hard to roll off the tongue it's that same thing too you know but I really like that they have those videos because it just in a nice way it brings up 
microaggressions actually I'm like for kids because a lot of the kids don't know there's the one with the we talked about hair a couple couple episodes ago and there's the one where she she's like this it's like stand up for you, you got to stand up for yourself and tell yeah. them like, don't touch my hair <laughs> you need to ask first and I, I like I really like those videos though because it does especially I think that one I feel like it does bring up a lot of microaggressions actually but in a way for kids to understand Yes, kids can understand it better than grown-ups a lot of the times um and they have no qualms about like fixing it like once kids learn like oh that's not cool to do to people i would never want to do that again yeah some of the other ones on here before we go to yours erica oh um like some other ones can be interrupting an individual when they are speaking or ignoring what one person has said or instructed by going to someone else and asking for clarification or confirmation. Like someone tells you something, you're going to someone, you're asking them a question, but you're like, mm, you don't like the answer. I don't like their answer. So I'm going to go somewhere else and ask someone else. I thought that was just rude. I didn't know. That. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like that one happens a lot to women in the workplace. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Yeah, both of those happen to women in the workplace, I feel like, or when you're in a area or anywhere that's supposed to be run predominantly by men. I feel like a lot of individuals could relate with that one. Those two, actually. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And yeah, sorry, I'll put, mom it, like, I'll put I'm... these pictures in the, in the chat later so y'all can see what we're referencing when we're, when we're talking about some of these different examples. I'm like actively changing a poop diaper. Sorry. <laughs> super mom. Super, super mom. Um, that's so interesting. Yeah, I that's very relevant too. I, you know, only coming from the medical field, obviously as a woman, doctors are notorious for that, like especially as a female, but then a guy would say the same thing and they'd be like, mm -hmm. and that's what, and for women, we have to be so assertive and we come off like, where the B word and guys come off like, oh, he's just, you know, telling it how it is, you know? So talk about that microaggression, like that if we do something, we're crazy, hysterical B words, men do the same thing. They are strong, empowered, brave. Right. brave. Taylor Swift talks about that. Oh, I just, I, I can speak from it from a very interesting point from coming from the hospital and being in, being in surgery. But I also, you know, something else that I'm very aware of and recognize is how people judge other people based on their appearance. So if you aren't the, the typical, like cute white female, you know, especially in the medical field, doctors treat you differently and they listen to you differently and they do things. It's just so different. And if you're somebody who observes your surroundings a lot, you can literally pay attention. You can see it all the time. But I remember being in there, especially as a student, a female student, when I was just starting out at the hospital, they'd be like, though, no, that's not what you, even though I knew the answer to it. And then he'd ask the guy that was standing next to me, that was a student. And I'm like, oh, it wasn't, I had to like earn my respect, but like in, in the medical field, like by talking back, like being like, no, I know what I'm talking about. Like being super assertive. And, but the, but he, they would still like, sometimes when I was first starting out, it wasn't like that towards the end, but it's very like the hospital setting is just so notorious 
for that. And one of the reasons I left, I was like, I don't want to work with doctors. Like they just, it's not more like females. It's a little different. Like whenever you meet another female, that's a doctor, like it's empowering. Like we got to stick together. Like it's like, they want to empower you. And they're like, what do you think? Instead of like going to the guy and asking him, it's like, what do you think? But I also think that women also feel threatened by other women because it's like literally like a cutthroat thing. Like we're all trying to survive out there where men just like move right up the ranks and women literally have to fight to get where they're at. So I feel like there's like all these different components to being competitive too. I know it's like a little off topic, but while we're talking like mean girls, <laughs> like I'm just picturing the movie mean girls and they're like fighting and the lunchroom yeah. or something like part of everything but no but so you can be assertive and it would even come across differently from you Elizabeth if Erica or I were to get a little feisty we'd instantly be labeled as an angry black woman yeah I'm aware I'm very aware of that yeah mm -hmm. I agree yeah so some some other examples of microaggressions so being asked where are you from or where are you really from? And a lot of times that one I feel, I think is addressed towards our Asian American friends. You speak good English. Let's see, my favorite. You are so articulate. That one, I've been getting that my whole life and it, mm -hmm. it stabs me in my like soul. A, mm -hmm. You don't act like a normal black person or you're the whitest black girl I know. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know, and I think we've talked about all of those previously, Kanisha, that you and I both like grew up with all of that. Can I just say though about the articulate thing, people I feel like tend to want to die on this hill of like, but it's a compliment. No, baby, it's not. It's not a compliment because you've never said it to a, like your white friends. Stop telling me I'm articulate because I can string sentences together. What you're telling me is that you didn't expect me to be able to string sentences together. If you want to say that like, I'm good at public speaking or like that I have a great vocabulary, like say that. But when you say like, you are so articulate, pick a different word because you have now like made me really mad. That gets said to black and brown people as like, you're so much more articulate than I thought you would be. And it, and it's hurtful and it's not a compliment. And I no longer value what you're saying after that. But that's like, my personal thing or like when I tell people I don't like it and they're like but no I, I meant it as a compliment so like you should take it as that like well I've told you that I don't take it as that um, so please don't fight me on it I just feel like why say anything like why 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 did that why did they feel like they had to say that even I have no idea that's I, I no think where, where I get so caught up is every, you know I know it's not shocking anymore, but still, when you guys say this stuff, I'm still like, I don't understand. Like it, I know it happens. I'm aware of that, but I can't wrap my head around why people just even say something. Like I would never say to you, Erica, you're so articulate. It just wouldn't, like, it wouldn't cross my mind. So that's where I think I just get so caught up on why it's why somebody would say that. And then it's a compliment. Like well, I do think people are trying to be nice when they say it a lot of times. It's just like people, I mean, and that's what makes it a microaggression. People don't realize what they're saying or how it comes across, or they haven't stopped to think like, okay, Erica just gave a speech and this white person gave a speech. Did I say that the white person was so articulate for doing a good job of it? 
like they haven't stopped to think about that but it's like they weren't expecting me to sound how I sounded because like Kanisha was saying like I talk white and they weren't expecting that yeah you know and obviously you talk white is the a terrible microaggression that I've been experiencing since I could talk Mm. you get crystal Hmm? what are some that you get one of them Tom Keen brought up it's it's where they're surprised that my daughter's my daughter Mm. they think Mm -hmm. she's like I'm her nanny or Mm. I'm (laughs) just the baby's one girl in her dance class I kind of just brush it off because I'm like it's just another six or seven year old just being a six or seven year old was like I went to pick her up and she goes you look like her babysitter and I was like okay we gotta go <laughs> like, I'm, like, I'm not gonna fight you I know your mom's coming for you and I and her mom's great and I know she would never say anything like that but at the same time I'm like okay how I was like telling my husband about it I go I'm gonna chalk it up to the fact that she was you know six or seven and that's just they don't have filters at the, maybe you look really young though crystal and maybe that too and so that's what I said. I go, I think that I go, I'm going to chalk it up to her age. And she just thinks I look young and yeah. not the other thing <laughs> because she was a kid. Now, if someone else, like an older person might've said that to me, like I might've been like, okay, <laughs> because we're, you know, it's a half, she is half white. So she, both my girls tend to look, they both look a little bit more white and then they look more Filipino in, when they're in the sun, getting their tans. Which is always my husband's like big joke was like, we got married so that my kids wouldn't be as white as I am, <laughs> which, you know, it's just his joke. But sometimes you're like, people are like, oh, that's hurtful. Like, that's a microaggression. <laughs> <Husband>. <laughs> I'm like, he's not meaning that way, but it, it you know, it's like there's another yeah, microaggression. It is. Like, it <laughs> but, you know, it's you guys know you've got. <laughs> yeah, you. these half white babies. Yeah, we all I'm do. Totally- <laughs> Look at this guy right here. Your daughter's hair too. Like, it's I was say, one of those things where you're like, uh, mm-hmm. you know what? Maybe say those mm-hmm. things in the just among our group. But don't say those to anyone yeah. else. Like, oh, also, I think it's a good point that our loved ones are not immune. Like, loved mm-hmm. ones microaggress all the time. They sure do. I say and a lot of times with with spouses, like my husband and I, like there's things that he could say to me because like we know that it's we're joking but like you can't say it around other people because then they'll think that that's okay to say but yeah I had a whole micro post like last year I think about my daughter's hair and now it's with my son's eyes you know kind of speaking of microaggressions that people say like when they're complimenting our kids or talking about our kids they don't realize they're what they're saying to me but right now he has these bright blue eyes and when people say like oh he has the perfect eyes or don't you hope his eyes stay that way? Like, hey, there are no perfect eyes. You're totally like, when you think that blue eyes are the best eyes, you don't realize what you're saying about white supremacy because those are solely, you know, like that's a white feature. Or like, don't you hope they stay that way? Like, as opposed to what? They get brown? Then then what? What are you saying about brown eyes? Like people don't realize, again, it's another compliment but like they have no idea what's behind it or how that comes across to someone that like is not going to ever have naturally blonde hair and blue eyes so when you say that those are the best features to have what you're saying is that everything else is less than 
and Mm -hmm. hello I don't have those things so like that's hurtful you know what I'm saying Mm. I would always get told your eyes are so what your eyes are so brown that you're full of yep yep I think even hearing Crystal say what she just said, I'm like, if somebody would have said that to me, I would have been like, oh, okay. But I think because you're so, it's always in a different way. Mm-hmm. You take it instantly as like <laughs> offensive. Do you know what I mean? Like, oh, she, like how she said it. Cause you know, the only thing I can really speak to is I remember obviously I had my daughter when I was 16 and people were like, oh, so how many more kids do you have? And I was like, I'm 18. I, I don't have any more. But because I was a teen mom, they assumed I had multiple more children, you know, multiple children. So that, I, that those are things that have always affected me. My whole life is just how people assume, make the, this assumption that because I, you know, so, the, so using that as like, I get offensive about those things. Whereas like, not even anymore. I'm so used to it. I think at this point, I'm just like, people have their assumptions, but I was just thinking as you were saying that if somebody said that to me, because people always used to think that Lauren was my sister, moms would come up that when I drop Lauren off, they're like, oh my God, I didn't know Lauren had an older sister. And I was like, she doesn't. <laughs> I'm her mom. And they were like, oh, how old were you? So I know that it's like people making assumptions about your family structure. I make sure that if I have the kids out by myself, whether it's one or both, I always try to make sure I have on my wedding ring because what I don't want is for someone to like see me and think like stereotypical single black mom, Mm -hmm. like where's the dad? So like, I try to make sure that people know that I'm married just because, you know, like you don't want someone to make that comment, assuming you fall into a stereotype. Where like, really, I have my ring off all the time because if I'm like cooking with meat, I just take it off and forget to put it back. But I don't need like a, where's the dad comment. Yeah. Some other examples on here. And this one I think is a big one for the community at large to realize is a microaggression. I don't see color. Mm. Kanisha, I know that's your, that's your favorite. No, don't. Mm. Yeah. Colorblind versus what's the one, what's the. Color brave. Color brave. Mm-hmm. Yes. When you don't so, see or acknowledge someone's color, you are completely putting anything that they have ever went through on the back burner. Like you're just completely minimizing the oppression that comes with that particular person. And I, I hate it. I hate it so much. Like, and I feel like I was maybe even a little bit raised to see that, but then I didn't get it. You know, <laughs> I get to know anything about my culture or anything like that. Whole nother story, right? Which I've talked about several times. But yeah, when you don't see someone's color, you're like devaluing them. Like we are not all the same. And we're not. Liz, I know you were talking earlier about like people like not realizing that if they're not affected by something, that it like it must not matter. So this yeah. list that I'm reading off of. Like it gives an example of the microaggression, but also like what it's communicating. And the one next to that says, and I'll share this document, but it says, since race doesn't affect me, I can't see why we all can't get along. Or like, since it doesn't affect me, it's not a thing. Yeah. Yeah. 
I have had a lot of conversations with people and I, I'm going to be really honest here is I have said before, but I, I don't think I used it correctly. Like when I say I don't see color, like it's, I don't see people individually so differently, but when I started recognizing, like you doing these, when you were like, yeah, but just recognizing that there's differences, not that you don't not see color, but like. I sometimes have a hard time when people are talking about it. I'm like, I just don't understand what the big deal is. Like the difference in, in, in us, you know what I mean? Like how I don't see color, meaning like I don't discriminate against you. So in my mind, when I would say it, like, I don't discriminate against you because you're black or because you're, you know, Asian Pacific or Hispanic or whatever the case may be. That's in my mind, how I saw it until now I don't say it at all because I'm like, oh, it actually doesn't mean that, like you're not recognizing a person for their color. And I can see how that's offensive. And I think too, like that's one of the good ways to call it out is to say like, is to make people realize that you're not saying what you think you're saying when you're saying it. So if someone says to me, I don't see color, then I'd be like, oh, you're colorblind? Like, so how do you drive? Like, don't the red and green lights get confusing for you? Um, or like, oh, so how did you get dressed this morning? Because obviously you see color if, like if you're not literally colorblind, you see color. And if you say otherwise, then you sound silly. Like, you know that that green top and those purple pants don't go together. So yeah. just like you can see that I'm brown and that's fine. And that's, I think where a lot of people who aren't affected by it don't take the time. Cause it's like, well, I don't have time to learn about that. I'm so busy. I have all of these things going on. I just, I don't have time for one more thing, but also realizing, taking a step back and being like, well, gosh, if we're not teaching this stuff to our kids and doing that, and they're learning somewhere and they're probably learning the wrong thing. And I think there's like so many different layers to it. So, just think that so or observed or. Mm-hmm. I'm sure I've been guilty. I, I'm sure I've been guilty of it. My life got too crazy. <laughs> Or things like that, but I also have a pretty diverse group of people. Yeah. So I hear all of those things. Whereas I'm, you know, speaking on like the spectrum of people who aren't surrounded by people that are different than them or hearing these things firsthand, you know? Yeah. So like one that Tom Keen brought up and she couldn't join us today, but, and it's been huge the last couple of years is all lives matter in that yeah. same colorblindness category of like, what do you, we don't have to say black lives matter because all lives matter. It's, I feel like it's a similar thing of like, yes, we know, but not all lives are going through the same thing right now. And I know that's another one that some people will die on that hill of like, no, I believe that all lives matter. So that's what I'm going to say, because that's what I believe. And like, you have no idea what you're saying and what you're doing when you do that, like what you're erasing, like you're taking this whole cause and erasing it, literally taking it out of the equation to make your belief and your opinion center stage. Mm. And that's not what the world needs right now. No, and I think what what was happening is people assumed because it said Black Lives Matter and where they got this all lives, and this is my perspective, is they, they felt like then it didn't seem like their lives were important. It was like, no, you're totally missing the point of why we as white people do not or will not ever experience and cannot ever even relate to what any person of color does. We just, we never can. And it bothers me 
when people try to argue, well, this, well, the, well, this, you know, there's always something different. Like, yes, there are white people in poverty, 100%, but also the difference between a white person in poverty and a black person in poverty are two very different things and how people talk to them or speak to them or look at them or help them or things like that. Right. It's so different. And so when I see people say that, when I was watching Facebook, when people were like, all lives matter, when I really looked at the people that were saying it, I was like, oh, okay, this is nothing to do with the cause. Actually, this is, you're just, you just want to be seen yeah. or, you, you know, you grew up where your parents were telling you all of these things. And so you're just, you're just going with that. So you really aren't thinking for yourself where the difference between black lives and all lives, cause it's so interesting. Yes. All lives matter but a large population of lives don't matter to a lot of people. So like, people, you can't say, you know. A lot of people think that by saying Black Lives Matter that we're saying that only Black Lives Matter. Like, yeah, no matters. And that's not what it is. And what we're actually trying to say is Black Lives Matter too. So like people are putting mm -hmm. an only in the front when we were trying to put a two at the end. And that's how like I've had to explain it to people or but really and I think this is the point that Tom Keen was getting at when she brought it up like leave it alone like there was a whole cause and a whole movement that didn't need your input sometimes like you don't have to all lives matter it you don't have to say anything you could really just you could really just like let people have their moment like, like jump off the bandwagon you do yeah this bandwagon you need to be on like yeah that's oh you're allowed yeah. to not say like being quiet is free like, but I don't, that's like another one that people, like, they will argue it till the cows come home. And sometimes too, I don't think people realize that like the arguing is a microaggression or like when I tell you that I'm not biracial and people say like, yes, you are like disagreeing with me on what I said is a microaggression. Like, what are you talking about? What are you doing? Why are you trying to negate what I'm telling you? You're telling me that what I've said isn't as important as how you feel about it. Yeah. That actually reminds me, now that you said that, because I am on the darker side, and I know a lot of races go through this whole thing about, you know, I'm, I had friends that were lighter black skinned. There's one gentleman, older gentleman, I can't, he didn't believe I was Filipino, because all the Filipinos he met were the ones that were more light skinned. <laughs> and I was like, Oh, like I didn't even know how to answer that because I was young too. And I was like, what are you talking about? But even in my own culture, and I know, I, like I said, I've talked to my, you know, black friends who have that same issue where it's like, kind of like they think, oh, you must be mixed because, you know, and it's like, no, there's, you know, there's the difference. And even in my own culture, they have this stuff called Eskinol, I think there's other stuff too, but it's it's a whitening agent to make your skin lighter because they think that's better. You have to be white in order to get ahead. And you just saying that reminded me of how crazy that was just to be, have someone tell me that I'm not even what I am. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. You know, or like how I think I brought it up the last time, how my the guy I was dating who was white in um, Texas, one of our classmates was like, you know, the black girl you're dating. And it was like, she's Filipino, <laughs> not black. And you're just assuming because she's a darker Asian, not like, not even Asian. <laughs> and I was like, you know, it's, it's crazy. But you just you saying that, that 
whole memory of that. I forgot that happened. I think I had been pushing it in the back of my mind. Like, what? I'm sorry. <laughs> no, yes. it's good though. That's why we have these. Cause I was even talking with um, my brother-in-law's mom and I was talking about what we talk about here. And she goes, I'm already uncomfortable. And I'm like, but that's good. good. That's the point of it. And she was like, no, I get it. Like she, you know, cause she was an older white woman. She's like, yeah, we don't think about those things until so, someone else has to bring it up to you. And you're like, oh. Well, Crystal, I'm curious because I feel like the South Asian community doesn't get, like there's so far to come. Like the whole Asian American and Pacific Islanders, South Asians, like there's a whole lot of work still to be done. Do you, is there anything like, not real Asian or like not actually Asian that like gets thrown around. I feel like I've seen that somewhere of like, well, you're not really Asian. Yeah. I mean, cause that's why that, so I think I talked about this last time for my, the marketing society I'm in, I wrote a whole thing about how I would get called a coconut by other what? Filipinos. Basically I'm brown on the outside, but white on the inside. Oh, I get called an Oreo. <laughs> so I kind of like yeah. in college because I started mm -hmm. to get more ingrained in it because like I said, in my town, like I was really, there was two Filipinos, me and my sister. And then this other, one of my classmates who passed away, who's probably the only other Filipino. And then we had one Korean student and one Indian and like, you know, like I can name them. One black kid, like our town was so small that you, like I said, the one guy thought I was black because he just didn't know of other Asians that weren't traditional Chinese, Japanese, mm. like probably thought my Korean friend was probably Chinese, even though she was not, you know, and that even happened to my husband. He has a cousin who's Korean and he had a student and it was by through marriage and they were actually half Korean, half white. And so it was his cousin's kids, and but he was closer to them in age. So they're in school one day and someone said to him, I didn't know you were Chinese to, to my husband, my white husband. He's like, first of all, not Chinese. And second of all, she's Korean. Like, So you do even that, you know, but yeah, you get these people just don't understand that there's different aspects. And for a long time, um, even in that, I even in that thing I had written, it was Filipinos would were kind of more of a invisible Asian. People would just kind of forget about Filipinos, and that we're in that, and we're not even just Asian. We're South Southeast Asian. Like, there's a whole we're completely different. And even sometimes Tom Keen and I would get lumped in together. And like Indian and Southeast Asian or Pakistan, that's different, another different type of Asian. Like you know, but you do get. We all get lumped in in that you have to write just Asian Pacific Islander. And I'm like, Pacific Islander is even a whole that's not even. Did you see what happened this like recently last week with Ali Wong? So she and her oh. husband are getting divorced. And one of the media yeah. outlets post thought they were posting a picture of Ali Wong and her husband. Her husband and, it was and instead it was, I think, Randall Park. Yep. Or yeah, like, and it was like, nope, wrong Asian was the hashtag mm -hmm. because that media outlet was just like, oh, you know, she's in a, she was in a picture, with, a picture an Asian man. with an Asian man. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh like my gosh. Crazy. And that was like, not a small media outlet. I'd have to look back at which, which one it was. And I'll put the link in the comments, but like, you guys, this is happening all the time. Yeah. So like when people think. 
I get called an Oreo. Same thing, right? You're like, okay. So dumb. Sorry. <laughs> it's, just like it's, it's not funny, people. <laughs> it's not. I was just, I want to say someone's comment in here really quick said mm-hmm. as um, a mom of at my daughter's school is always commenting on her hair when she has it braided, straightened, or wears it natural. I think she means well, but she doesn't say those things to any other kids. Mm. Yeah. Kate. Yeah. Are you still on here, Kate? Cause like, I know Kate and I could say it's a predominantly white area and her daughter is probably one of the only people of color in that school. That would be so hard. I just, Mm -hmm. I just, you know, obviously I don't deal with that because, you know, anywhere I go, my kids are the majority and it just makes me sad that a kid would, you know, is if it's not hard enough being a child, like just even, I, you know, throwing it out there, like my daughter, who's nine, she was telling me a story just the other day. She had a, she has a friend that's a little bit older than her. And they were FaceTiming with this girl's friends, not in the same school. This girl goes to a school in, a school, a school in Macomb County. And the girl gets on there these two 11 year old girls, my daughter's nine. They're like, who is she? Like, oh my gosh, look at that gap in between her teeth. And Harper came home and told me, and I was like, first off, who are these girls? And she said, well, Emma doesn't like being friends with them, but she has to. And I said, oh no, she does not. No, she does not. And so I'm I'm saying this in the sense of that is what I'm over here worrying about is mean girls, because where, what I'm getting at, my biggest fear always is how many kids take their lives because how singled out they are and bullies and all these things. And here add in something that you can't change your skin color, where you come from and like add this other layer. So not only is it hard being a child, but add this layer of racism and all these things because of maybe your religious beliefs or your skin color, where your parents come from or what your parents look like or things like that and add this layer in and it makes me sad. So you saying that, and Kate is still on here, I just saw her comment, but just how we don't recognize what it does to our kids. Like take out the factor of adults, right? Like, the idea of what it's doing and how it's affecting our youth and how singled out they feel in schools that are predominantly white and being taught by people that are white. And we just, we have a couple summer camps we work with. And the question I asked was, do you have children of color that are attending these overnight camps? What are you doing to be more inclusive for kids that don't look, that are not white? So So I don't perspective. Another one I was looking at on that list of examples. So I was reminded when you said things you cannot change. And I'm sorry, guys, this baby is like not feeling me sitting down right now. Um, Because, you know, we talked about those environmental microaggressions. So things that not that someone said, but things that still affect you. And one of the examples was like sports teams like Washington Reds or school names, I think like Robert E. Lee High School. 
-hmm. like talk about how much that hurts being like a person of color every day walking into a school named after the head of the confederate army or the confederacy like that's a microaggression every day plastered to the side of a building mm -hmm. and that's the thing some parents don't have the ability to switch schools like maybe they don't have they can't move somewhere else they can't change their circumstance and they're they're essentially being forced to be in positions like this where people aren't doing things to change it so they feel safe in their schools or they don't feel singled out because of the color of their skin or different things like that. So I know this is probably like a whole nother topic as I was thinking about it. I was like, I think it's important that we talk about those things or even asking our kids, like, do you, do you have kids in your class that don't look like you, you know, like really having the hard conversations with them. Because I think as they get older too, just realizing how mean already like white girls to white girls are. Imagine like that. Mm -hmm. Let's do that. And like, I like something as silly as, you know, what my daughter said to me, she wanted to get these two sweatshirts from Abercrombie, which I was like, oh my gosh, seriously, people are still shopping at Abercrombie. I was like, okay. So <laughs> I get them for her and I asked her why she didn't wear that. Why she like, she wore them one time to school. And she goes, because this girl at school told me, I can't believe you're still wearing Abercrombie. Like that is so old school. And I was like, first off, who is this girl? Who is her mother? I'm calling her. Like, I was like, so mad about it because I was like, Harper. Wait, what grade she in? Fourth. Fourth grade. I'm just getting made. Yeah. Well, that's a reason why I like my son wears school uniform. And that's so, I was looking too in one of the categories mm -hmm. of microaggression that I hadn't thought about was like the classism. So things mm -hmm. like, oh, you're not shopping at Hollister now. Yeah. Or the example it gave, I mean, this would be for grown-ups. It's like, oh, you've mm -hmm. never been to Europe? Like you have yeah. to see I don't even Paris. have a passport. And so for some people, like not realizing what they're saying, like, oh, you you've never you've never been to the Hamptons. Okay, mm -hmm. no. But things that like people don't think they're insulting you. I've never been in the Hamptons. And I want to, I know that like we have to wrap up and Kanisha, you have to go, but I think we yeah. should probably talk about like, so like, why does this matter? Why? I know for me, like people don't realize what is like that phrase, like death by a thousand cuts. So like these are called microaggressions because they're small, but that's not how like, because the feeling is small. So like a little hurt every day or a little hurt from half the people you meet really does things to a person. And I think that's why it's important to be mindful of if you're using microaggressions towards people, like how that affects them over time. Yeah. So what can we do? What are some takeaways? What can people do over the next two weeks? We come back in two weeks. What, what can people, what, what are some takeaways they can take away and kind of paying attention to maybe they work with uh, people that are not white. Yeah paying attention to what they say, or maybe even doing like an inner dialogue of things that you say mm -hmm. to other people. If you listen to this and you're like, oh my gosh, I've been guilty of that. I was going to say actively think about what you're saying before you say it, because exactly what Erica said, like one little thing, like I, growing up, I was so used to be called, being called like the whitest black girl ever or an Oreo or stuff like that. Like it's hurtful. Like it hurts. Like I still think about it hurts. I'm like, <laughs> mm -hmm. 
sorry. That hurts. Yeah, I think for being asked if my kids are mine, that's a big one. Yeah. Like, why even say that? I just, I guess I would never even, the thought just wouldn't even cross my mind. I just want to, I think asking people, like, if you just try to look at some examples, do the, like, get on Google for five minutes, look at some examples of microaggressions and see which ones you might be doing and cut those out. Like that. Or even recognizing it and maybe talking to the person, maybe there's probably someone that people could sit here and think like, Ooh, I'm so guilty of doing that all the time. Maybe in acknowledging it, I think acknowledgement goes a long ways. I've had to say things to people like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize that was offensive, especially when I moved here from a very white community. When I started working at Sinai, there are things I didn't know, but I'm also very hyper aware of myself. And so I think acknowledging that you're wrong or that you didn't do something or you didn't, you know, like that's actually a whole nother conversation. I was just thinking about, well, I'll have to off topic this because something I've been thinking about, but I think acknowledging and maybe even not saying like, I'm sorry, I did that. I didn't realize it was hurtful and I won't do it again. Like doesn't make you less than or, or anything else. It just means you acknowledged it. It's just a thought, but Kanisha, did you have something you wanted to say? No, I know that Tom Keen wanted to be part of this conversation. So we might know. maybe we have part two. I think we I can think do a part two. part two because I know there's a lot that she wanted to express. There's actually, I want to do a little more research too. I, I want to come back and do a part two, a little more research. I want to help obviously white women like me understand and see themselves in a microaggression and give examples that a white woman would potentially experience so that she can also see herself and what you know, Erica or Tumkeen or Crystal or Kanisha would see on the other side so that when they go to speak, they're like, ooh, this might not be good to say, or this, you know what I'm saying? So like- And I'd be curious to hear more from white folks about the experience of like being, I know that some folks really don't like being called out on microaggressions and have the mindset of like, everything is too PC and people are so sensitive and cancel culture. And like, I guess I want to hear how someone who has experienced a lot of microaggressions can help facilitate the process of like, how can we become more on the same page, I guess. Yeah, That's that's a good one. So that could, even if someone like in the comments wants to like, let me know, like, how can I help you? Like, how can we just come together on this? Maybe we can put out to a post or like a questionnaire. Let's come up with a questionnaire and we're going to, we're going to send it. We're going to post it on Detroit mom and you guys can fill out. It's anonymous. It, you know, we, we don't want you to feel like we're calling you out or anything like that, but maybe that would be a really good. Yeah. We can talk about a good way to Yeah. So we'll come back next two weeks, you guys, two weeks with part two of microaggressions and Tom Keen will join us. And I'll try to get a sitter. <laughs> Erica, it's totally fine. Nobody. Oh, it's please. motherhood. We're good. But yeah, but thank you guys for being here for part one of microaggressions. We're going to, we're going to come up with a, a forum and stuff because I do think if we can actively have stuff for you to also do after it makes more sense. So we will chat about this offline and then post it and then have it 
in two weeks for you all. So thank you so much. Have a great Tuesday. The weather is supposed to be perking up. So let's pray for that. But all right. Bye guys.